Welcome to ACC Basketball Report. This is episode number 33. I'm your host, as always, Michael Hunter. Uh, just barely survived the the, uh, the tropical storm Florence. That's actually kind of a lie. Uh, I didn't see much of the much of the weather at all. Uh, from what I can tell, when I got back to the house, I, I fled the area basically. Uh, when I got back to the house, very little damage, if any at all, uh, maybe to the landscaping. But uh, everybody in the neighborhood seems fine. There were some individuals in the coast that uh, were less fortunate, and uh, you know, I, you know, I'm sorry for them. And I hope that uh, everybody remains safe as as waters continue to rise as we start to see some runoff. <clears throat> you know, didn't lose power, didn't flood, didn't didn't lose any of my valuables, nothing like that while I was gone. So that's a good thing. Um, today I'm going to talk a little bit about recruiting. I'll give you uh, five impact transfers to watch for, and I'll also give you the number twelve team in my 2018-19 projections um, to review uh, 15 was Pitt, 14 was Georgia Tech, 13 was Wake Forest. Uh, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Pecone36. You can find my written content, slapthesign.com, accbasketballreport.com. And for those of you who listen that are Georgia Tech fans, I am also now the lead writer for Georgia Tech basketball at therunnersports.com. Um you know, you can also find some of my stuff at gtswarm.com, but that stuff is less less frequent. I'm Michael Hunter. This is the ACC Basketball Report. Let's jump right into uh, some recruiting news. Um, you know, actually, I'm, I'm glad I waited to record this. You know, I was getting situated after the storm and things of that nature. And I'm glad because there were some things that have come out in regards to recruiting the last few days that are, is big news in, in the ACC. Uh, Samuel Williamson has committed to, uh, to Louisville. Williamson's the number 44 recruit nationally, a 6'6 swing man. That's two top 100 recruits for Chris Mack in the last 10 days. He's, he's really starting to put it together there. Those two recruits uh, joined Josh Nickelberry, and there's a very nice class coming in for 2019. Louisville will also host Tyrell Jones this coming weekend. He is another top 100 recruit. Jones was quoted recently as saying he loves everything about Auburn following a visit <clears throat> to Auburn. So that recruitment may not go Louisville's way, but nevertheless, right now they have a huge foundation rolling for the 2019 class, and they still have a ton of scholarships that they can give out. Uh, Louisville has another big weekend coming up September 28th when Rocket Watts and Aiden Ijihon, Ijihon, I'm sorry, uh, visit Louisville together. Ijihon visits pos- and possible commitment uh, could cause a ripple effect as far as big men go in the 2019 class and where they commit. I do believe this Ijihon um, uh, visit has a direct correlation with Orlando Robinson canceling or. Um, rescheduling his upcoming Louisville visit. So if Ijihan goes there, look for Ijihan, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Orlando Robinson to possibly commit to Georgia Tech, which is, you know, obviously another ACC school. Uh, Clemson hosted Josiah James, who's a 6'6 point guard, one of the best point guards in the 2019 class, was originally projected to go to Duke. But since the official visit happened last weekend, James has actually canceled his official visit to Durham 
and has scheduled a commitment announcement for tomorrow afternoon. So, you know, the good money is on Clemson here. Clemson and Brad Barnell maybe getting a little bit of payback for the Zion Williamson recruitment that uh, that went Duke's way when um, some funky things happened. We'll say that. Uh, Duke also, with this recruitment, uh, losing out on Josiah James, losing out on Brian Antoine, I think you're seeing a huge effect of what happens when Jeff Capel leaves the program. Uh, I think John Shire and Nate James are certainly capable uh, recruiters, but Jeff Capel is in a class all of his own. And now that he's the head man at Pitt, I think you're starting to see um, some of the uh, the after effects of what happens when he leaves town. And Duke may be forced to go back to a philosophy that they had before where they have to develop some four-year perimeter players that can shoot and you know only have a one-and-done here or there that they sprinkle in that puts them over the top. Uh, Georgia Tech hosted Boogie Ellis this past weekend. Um, they, uh, you know, Ellis, a five-star guy out of California, out of Mission Viejo, who has been teasing San Diego State fans a little bit lately on Twitter. He also picked up an offer and an official visit from UNC recently and called UNC his dream school or a dream school, one or the other. Also, going back to the Josiah James news, if Duke does in fact lose out on Josiah James, look for them to potentially turn their attention to Boogie Ellis. And then, you know, it's 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 no holds barred. Basically, you're looking then, I think you're looking at Oregon or San Diego State on the West Coast if he feels like staying out there. But I think the front runners immediately become Duke and UNC. And given his comments about UNC, it seems like Ellis really likes UNC, and with his official visit coming up, who knows what can happen there. Now, UNC does have a, uh, a guard already signed for the 2019 class. Uh, I forget his first name. His last name's Francis, I believe, but uh, he's a high-impact player. We'll see how, how Ellis fits, but uh, you know, Boogie Ellis is a guy that certainly ACC fans are, are going to keep their eye on uh, for the weeks to come. Florida State will host four-star small forward Jalen Hill this coming weekend. 6'7 swingman out of Las Vegas. Duke will host Wendell Moore this weekend in a visit that you should probably keep an eye on. Some Duke insiders think that Moore is the key is is the player that right now, the high profile player that they probably have the uh the biggest inroads with, the biggest chance right now at landing. So you could see uh you know a commitment on this official visit. It would not surprise me at all. Miami hosted Isaiah Wong this past weekend. They were scheduled to host Donovan Williams this coming weekend. But he recently committed to Texas after an official or during an official visit to Austin. Let's see. Notre Dame hosted Cole Anthony last weekend. Um, North Carolina, I believe, is up this weekend. It's looking more and more like North Carolina is the team to beat in this recruitment. Um, this Cole Anthony to Notre Dame thing was kind of weird because at first it was reported to be an unofficial visit. He was just you know passing through. Then it was actually later revealed that it was in fact an official visit. So Anthony actually has four official visits left. Duke's going to get one. Uh, North Carolina's going to get one. We'll see who else gets one. Uh, Syracuse hosted Kai Jones this past weekend. Jones is a top 60 player in the country, 6'10 center. They will host one of my favorite players in the 2019 class in Quincy Garrier this weekend. He is a 6'7 swingman, top 75, top 60 type player. Really good player. Really had a really nice summer. I think he's going to be a high-impact guy as a freshman and maybe one of the most undervalued recruits in the 2019 class. UNC will also host uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl this coming weekend, along with five-star wing scorer Josh Green. Josh Green's a top 25 guy. Somebody that I haven't really talked a whole lot about on ACCBR, but he's a really good player. If UNC was to, to land him... I don't think they're going to land Robinson Earl, but if they land, say, Josh Green and Boogie Ellis, oh, 
That's a really nice, really nice 2019 class for North, for Roy Williams in, in North Carolina. Uh, Pitt had Anthony Walker, a three-star power forward from Brewster Academy on campus this past weekend. Wake Forest had as a trio coming in this coming weekend in Ishmael Masood, Anthony Harris, and Trace Jackson Davis. Uh, I don't think they're really in on Masood, but uh, Auburn, who was once thought to be Masood's leader, just accepted a, a, a commitment from Jalen Williams. So I think Auburn's kind of out on Masood. Boston, uh, not Boston College, I'm sorry. Georgia Tech. Wake Forest, these guys are, are, are in the top five for Masood, the final five for Masood. I think Rutgers is the leader in the clubhouse right now. He is a New York boy. Anthony Harris is a guy I've talked about in the past on ACCBR. Trace Jackson Davis is, is a nice player. I don't know a ton about him, so I'm going to kind of stay away from that because I don't want to say the wrong thing. Uh, last but not least, according to Eric Kolenek of the Richmond Times-Dispatch, Robbie Barron has cut his list to seven. Um, this is a kid that had scheduled some official visits, then he uh, canceled <clears throat> the the Kansas State visit because it was a little too far from home. ACC teams included in his list are Louisville, Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech, and Boston College. Now, there are some picks for the crystal ball in for Boston College, and the only people that have selected a program have selected Boston College, but... Not everybody's in on that. Evan Daniels, who's a guy that obviously you look to for, for a vast amount of knowledge in the recruiting world, has not submitted a pick yet. Now, this also, this list came out before Samuel Williamson committed to Louisville. Now, Williamson and Barron basically play uh, the same position, you know, that scoring wing, big man. Williamson's 6'6, Barron's closer to 6'10. So they could coexist, I'm sure, but I'm not sure that Barron is looking to sit behind some of these guys. Certainly when you have people like Jordan Nwora and uh, VJ King there, you add a guy like Samuel Williamson. Josh Nickelberry is also going to play on the wing. You know, it's getting a little dicey on the wing there, and that may eliminate Louisville from this list just a couple short days after they were added to it. So I got on Twitter last night, and... I put it out there, you know, what do you guys want me to talk about? I was going to talk about recruiting. I'm going to talk about the number 12 team, my rankings for the ACC for the upcoming season here at the end. And uh, a guy named Ken at Pirate Indy on Twitter uh, sent me a suggestion that I should talk about five impact transfers for the upcoming season. And I thought that was a great suggestion. Let me grab some water real quick. So real quick, I'm going to run down through five of my, not necessarily my favorite transfers, but maybe the five transfers that I think may have the most impact on this upcoming season. Two of them are from the same school. The first one I'm going to talk about is Devin Daniels at North Carolina State, who is quite possibly my favorite transfer coming into the ACC this year. I think he's got big-time game. He's an all-around player. 6'5 guard from the Utah, uh, from the Utah Utes program. Larry Kristowiak is one of my favorite coaches in the college ranks. As a freshman, Devin Daniels averaged 9.9 points, 4.6 rebounds, 2.7 assists per game. He is a sit-one-play-three player, which does a ton for continuity, for chemistry in the future, for Kevin Keats' program. This isn't a guy who's going to come in, play one year, and leave. Then you got to fill his spot and break another player in. Okay, He's a big guard. He likes to get to the hole, and he likes to finish. Okay, 61% on two-point field goals in his lone year in Utah. Uh, he can step out and shoot a little bit, 14 for 35 in his lone season as a Ute, good for 40%, takes care of the ball well for an off guard at 
assist per turnover. I think this is a guy that can get out and run, play in this up-tempo Kevin Keats offense, and absolutely flourish. Devin Daniels is one of my favorite transfers coming to the ACC this year. Another uh, North Carolina State player in this upcoming season is C.J. Bryce, who is a 6'5 scoring wing who came to Raleigh from University of North Carolina at Wilmington. He followed Keats to Raleigh when Keats accepted the job, sat out last year. In his sophomore season, averaged 17.4 points per game. That was in 2016-17. His numbers did dip a little bit. He shot 35% for his career from three, but during his freshman season, shot around 43% from deep. Um, if you look at the numbers, his, his minutes went up about 50%. Uh, in his sophomore season, UNC Wilmington really leaned on him. He was probably forced into taking a lot of shots that he may not take otherwise, which led to his efficiency from behind the arc go down quite a bit. I think when he's in Raleigh and he's got these players around him, Markel Johnson, Braxton Beverly, Torin Dorn, um, some other guys of talent, Ian Steer, I, I think that a lot of this, that pressure to score in bunches, you know, he won't be having to force up bad shots. Instead, he'll be able to pick his spots and put up good shots. I think you'll see his scoring numbers overall go down, but his efficiency numbers go up. And I think NC State's going to benefit greatly from having a guy like him who knows the Kevin Keats system. He's been practicing with them for a year. I think C.J. Bryce is a tremendous asset for North Carolina State. Also one of my favorite players coming in as far as transfers go. Uh, third on my five impact transfers list is Zach Johnson from Miami, Florida. Johnson is a guy I have not seen. I, I you know, what I've seen on YouTube, he shoots hundred percent. Okay. Everybody on YouTube shoots hundred percent. This is a six, two graduate transfer from Florida Gulf coast, which is a solid program. Okay. Solid mid-major program, a perennial NCAA appearance type program. Okay, Johnson averaged 16 points per game, shot 39% from deep and 78% from the line last year. It's a graduate transfer. He's played three years, came in, comes in. He's going to play it right away. He's going to step into that starting role that was vacated by Jaquan Newton. Okay, should be one of the best. He should, with Chris Likes, be one of the best scoring backcourts potentially in the ACC in the upcoming season. Now, that said, Chris Likes is 5'8", maybe, maybe in boots, okay, maybe in stilettos. He's 5'8". Zach Johnson's 6'2". They're going to be high-powered as far as scoring goes. They can shoot the ball. But defensively, they may be a liability given their lack of height. That's just that's 6'2", and 5'8", is a very small backcourt. And given, you know, Devin Daniels is 6'5", for instance. He's going to play the off-guard spot for NC State. Okay, Markel Johnson for NC State, who's their point guard, I believe is 6'2", 6'3". Okay, Braxton Beverly is a little bit on the smaller side. But, you know, you're looking at guys, you know, R.J. Barrett at Duke. The guy's 6'5". He's going to probably play the point. Well, he's going to play the off guard because Trey Jones is going to play the point. Um, you know, th- these guys, that, that's a concern for me is Miami's Miami's size in the backcourt. I think teams with good coaches are going to take advantage of that. You know, you put Tyus Battle, Franklin Howard, Jalen Carey. That's a huge backcourt that Miami's going to have to play against, and I think they're really going to struggle when it comes to that. But... <clears throat> On the offensive end, Johnson and Likes are going to be a, well, let's let's make a pun and say they're going to be a storm that's going to have to be dealt with, okay? And I really like Johnson. I think he's going to burst onto the scene. He's going to be really good for, for Miami this coming season. Uh, fourth impact transfer for me is Juwan Durham for Notre Dame. Now, if you look at Durham's number, now let me, let me go back a little bit. You may have heard of Durham. Certainly if you pay attention to recruiting, 
if if that name sounds familiar, that's because you probably heard his name years back. Okay, this was a former five-star recruit who had a knee problem his senior year, and I'm not sure if he had another knee problem after that. But by the time he arrived at UConn, he was still kind of recovering. Okay, he ended up at UConn, only played about eight minutes per game in 1617. Um, he's a 6'11 rim protector. And please do not be don't don't jump on sports reference and look and say, geez, this guy averaged 1.6 points, 1.5 rebounds per game in his lone season at stores in eight minutes per game. How good can he be? Well, he's very good. Okay, if you look at the Bahamas trip, he had, I think, seven or eight blocks, maybe nine blocks in three games. Okay, he's a 6'11 rim protector. He's an athlete. He's a guy who can finish, not really a back to the basket type player, but as far as help side defense goes, that's your guy. Okay, as far as rim protection goes, that's your guy. The only thing I worry about with Durham is if his knees can actually hold up given a heavy a heavy minutes load. Notre Dame is kind of thin uh, as far as true big men. You know, they're going to play Durham. They're going to play John Mooney, who's more of a stretch four. Um, uh, who's the, who's the other guy? Uh, not Gibbs. Yeah, Gibbs. Elijah Gibbs is kind of a, a role player, a bit player. Uh, and Jogo is you know he's an outside guy. So. Durham's going to have to log 20, 25 minutes per game, and I wonder if his knees can hold up to that. But he's going to be the starting center in Notre Dame, and if his knees do hold up, uh, it's going to go a long way to making Notre Dame a tournament team, in my opinion. Uh, the last guy I was kind of torn on. Um, I, I could have gone with Torrey Johnson, who is a Northern Arizona transfer coming into Wake Forest, but I don't think that he's going to be uh, you know, a, a, very, a great player. At Wake Forest, he's going to be a depth guy. I think Jamie Lewis is going to get a lot of the reps at point guard as he recovers. Hold on a second. <clears throat> but um, you know, this is a guy that coming from Northern Arizona doesn't shoot the ball very well, so I was kind of off on him. I could have gone with Shambari Phillips, a Tennessee transfer into Georgia Tech, but yeah, I don't know if he's going to score that much. I don't, I don't really know what his role is going to be when you have a guy like Jose Alvarado and an incoming freshman like Michael DeVoe. So I went with Quan uh, Four. For Louisville. This is a 6'2 guard from Richmond, which is a solid program. Okay. Uh, the Atlantic 10, for those of you who don't know, is one of my favorite leagues to watch outside of the Power Six. I love the Atlantic 10 as far as mid majors go. Um, in three full seasons at Richmond, this guy averaged 9.4 points, 3.4 rebounds, 2.7 assists. And I think he's going to get a ton of time in the Cardinals' backcourt. You know, like I've said in the past, um, sometimes written, sometimes verbally, when you have talent and opportunity, usually the results are very good. And I think this kid's pretty talented. I think he's going to get a very. I think he's going to get a lot of reps. I think he's going to get a huge opportunity to play at Louisville, and, and so that's why I went with Quan for. And I think uh, you know, if you're an ACC fan, the more you watch, I think this is a kid that will probably be a household name in ACC circles by the end of the year. And typically, Louisville has done fairly well in the past with transfers into their backcourt. Now, obviously, that's different regimes, different coaching mentalities, things like that. But still, historically, Louisville's done well with backcourt guys. Okay. <clears throat> Moving into the 2018-19 projected standings. Like I said uh, in the intro, Wake Forest. I'm sorry. No. Pittsburgh was number 15, Georgia Tech was number 14, Wake Forest was number 13. At number 12, I have the Louisville Cardinals. And I know, okay? Hey, 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 I know. This is Louisville, okay? They just hired Chris Mack. Okay, they're killing it on the recruiting trail. I just told you, I just gave you all kinds of great news on the recruiting trail. 
they, they brought in a, a, a transfer that I like, one of my five favorite transfers or one of the five best transfers in the ACC, in my opinion. I know. All that said, look at the roster for 2018-19. Okay? There's a Cardinals team that finished 9-9 nine and nine last season. 22 and 14. Okay. They lost Quentin Snyder to graduation, 12 points, four assists, two and a half rebounds per game, shot next to 42% from behind the three point line. Okay. Their, their senior leader, okay, lost Ray Walding to the NBA, 12.3 points, 8.7 rebounds, a block and a half per game. Deng Adele to the NBA, 15.6 rebounds, 2.8 assists. Anas Mahmoud to graduation, seven points, five rebounds, almost three blocks per game. Okay. That's a, those are huge losses. You know what Louisville does not have this year? They do not have a scholarship freshman coming into their recruiting class. Okay? There is no blue chip freshman this year. Those guys all decommitted when Rick Pitino got fired. Okay? Anthony Simons, Courtney Ramey, those guys are gone. Those guys aren't here. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go over a little bit there. Uh, Lance Thomas also left. Okay? Now, Lance Thomas only averaged 2.2 points and one and a half rebounds per game last year but the kid's talented i mean he still went to memphis he's gonna play he's just sitting behind dang last year okay he's sitting behind race balding last year so that's that's a lot to lose with nothing for blue chip freshmen to come in now louisville's a program that not necessarily relies on blue chip freshmen but high-end freshmen okay this is a program that brings typically brings in two if not three or four four-star players a year and then every once in a while gets one of these blue chip guys say Anthony Simons or Courtney Ramey. Those are those are five-star blue chip guys that they once had signed that they lost. So the players that they do have coming in, uh, Christian Cunningham, 6'6", wing, grad transfer from Jacksonville State, averaged seven points and seven rebounds per game. Now the interesting thing about Cunningham is I haven't seen him play a whole lot. He's a 6'6", wing guy. Okay, For some reason, Verbal Commits has him listed as a point guard. Now if anybody knows, tweet at me. I, I don't know. Is he a 6'6 point guard? Because I love 6'6 point guards, okay? I love 6'10 wings, and I love 6'5, 6'6 point guards. It's just, I love size. I just, I love, I wouldn't say I'm a size queen. That would be weird. That would be something weird that something a weird person would say. But I think those players have a distinct advantage, especially when you're playing guys like Miami, okay? Imagine Christian Cunningham, 6'6 point guard, posting up Chris Likes on the, on the post, on the block. <laughs> Tell me that isn't a problem for teams like Miami, okay? Teams like Georgia Tech, Alvarado, okay? Jose's a great player, but he's only six feet tall. Christian Cunningham, 6'6", six, six point guard. Alvarado's going to build him, uh, uh, defend him on the block. That's bad news bears for Georgia Tech all night long, okay? So, Christian Cunningham, guy I haven't seen, but I'm interested in. I'm going to have to look him up a little bit. Quan Four, I already talked about, 6'2 guard from Richmond. Last year, averaged 11 points, 3.5 rebounds, 2.5 assists. Again, he's going to be an impact guy, okay? And I'm going to tell you a little bit more in just a second. Uh, Akoya Gayu, who's a 6'8 forward. This guy's already left Louisville once, okay? Came to Louisville, played two years, I believe. Went to Georgetown. Then transferred from Georgetown, went to Southern Methodist. And now he's back as a grad transfer at Louisville. Whoa. Okay, this is a Mike Moser type shit we got going on here. Average five points, three and a half rebounds at SMU last year. Now, granted, this kid, this kid's seen in a pretty pretty optimistic light. I think he's a good player. He was really sought after in the grad transfer market this past year. I think he's he's a guy that could step in and help out with the loss of Mahmoud. He can I think he can replace most of that production. Now, 
you look at my mood, seven points, five rebounds, who cares, right? My mood's one of the best shot blockers I saw in all of college basketball last year. So that's a big time role to fill. And when you throw in Ray Spalding, also averaged one and a half blocks per game, you know, that somebody needs to anchor this defense. I think Agayu is going to be that guy. Uh, Steven Enoch is a sit one, play two forward for UConn. He sat out last year. Uh, Enoch averaged two and a half points, two rebounds per game, 56 career games in stores. I always thought that he played below his talent level. Um, the way that he's built and the effort he gives, I thought his numbers would be higher. I was actually shocked when I got on Sports Reference and looked up his his career stats. But, <coughs> but it is what it is. I think that he's going to be the third big man, and I think that's a good place for him. Uh, we'll see what his production level is. I think... Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. There's not uh, there's not a big man whisperer on this coaching staff, so we'll see how Enoch sits. We'll see how he plays. He's gonna be a third guy. He's gonna go in. He's gonna play eight, ten minutes a game most. The other transfer they have coming in is a JUCO guy named Khalid Thomas. This guy is a six nine hybrid who averaged twenty and eleven at Southern Idaho last year. This kid may be one of the surprises in the ACC this year. I love this kid. We'll see, we'll see what happens. I, sometimes these JUCO kids, man, I've seen last chance you all four, all three seasons. Okay, we'll see what these kids are like. But uh, this kid, this kid's got game, and nobody talks about this kid. He may be one of the surprise kids for the ACC upcoming season. We'll we'll see how that goes. Khalid Thomas, six nine hybrid, uh, listed as a power forward, can step out and bombs. From that, there's some games where he was in uh, JUCO five, six, seven threes, seven triples a game. It was he, he's impressive for a JUCO player. We'll see how he how he pans out. So, when you look at incoming players to this program, one, two, three, four, five transfers. Okay, no freshmen, five transfers, which is good for experience, I guess. But there, there's not anybody on this program right now. For the freshman class, the 2018 class, that is not a walk-on. Okay? everybody. The, there's one player listed on verbal commits. I don't even have his name written down. He's a walk-on player. They lost the entire class when Patino got fired. And the uncertainty of David Padgett last year, whether or not he would return, it killed this class. And we'll see, we'll see how it goes. I, you know, Chris Mack's obviously a great coach. It's not, it's not going to kill Louisville. It's not, you know, the death penalty to have an empty class. But he, I think he's done a, a, an okay job. I think Four and Agayu uh, are going to be players. Enoch and Cunningham, I think, are going to be more bit players, uh, role players, give people a breather players. And Khalid Thomas, to me, is a wild card. So <clears throat> with the time that he's had, I think Mac has done a good job. So five reasons that I have Louisville at number 12. And I think, you know, I told you guys a couple weeks ago, my ranking is going to be different. I don't even remember what Athlon had these guys at. But five reasons why I have Louisville at 12. Now, some of these reasons are going to sound weird because you're going to think I'm bagging on But some of these reasons are actually why I have Louisville ahead of the bottom three teams. Okay, I have Louisville ahead of these bottom three teams for one reason. is coaching. Okay? Chris Mack. Is better than any of the three coaches below him. That be those being Jeff Capel, Josh Pass, and Danny Manning. I think there's no there's no craziness right in in claiming that. Uh, then you look at his staff. Dino Gaudio gets kind of a bad rap. He's kind of you know it's people make fun of him. You know if you read Reddit, I'm sure there's stuff on Dino Gaudio how he's weird. I love Dino Gaudio as an assistant coach. 
Okay, assistant coaches to me, I think it's key that you have guys that have sat in the number one seat. Okay, guys like Eric Reveno at Georgia Tech, um, Bobby Lutz uh, a couple years ago at NC State, I thought was a great hire. Uh, Gene Cady, when he uh, served under Steve Lavin years ago at St. John's, you know, guys like that, I think that that's a, that's a home run hire every time. And I think as a young coach, not to say Chris Mack is particularly young, but <clears throat> Dino Gaudio came up under Prosser at Wake Forest. He knows the ACC. Uh, he, he sat in the big seat. He had success in the big seat. He just wasn't as he wasn't as good as Prosser. Okay, so now he's been an analyst. I think that makes he. I think he's a, a great assistant coach hire. I really like that hire. Um, you also have Luke Murray, whose father is Bill Murray, which is the only thing I have written down about Luke Murray. His father is Bill Murray. You have to love that. I mean, <laughs> Bill Murray, he's a legend. Uh, and then you have, uh, I'm going to butcher his name. I used to know his name. Mike Peegs or Pegues, I'm not sure, was a tremendous player at Delaware. I think he may have been the three-time America East player of the year. If not, he was a three-time first-team player at the, Ameri- at the America East when he was at Delaware. Um, I used to follow the America East when I was at UMaine and when I used to work at uh, Maine Basketball Report. And... This kid, this guy, he's a 6'5". This, this is why I like him, okay? 6'5 wing who was just a pure scorer, okay? And when you look at Louisville this year, who are they going to lean on, okay? Jordan Awara and VJ King. Both guys are big wings that they're going to be leaned upon to score the ball. And I think this guy, I'm, I'm, I'm leaning toward Peaks. Ah, but I, it looks like Peg use. I don't know. God, it's terrible. Probably should have looked that up before I started broadcasting today. But... I'm just going to look like an idiot and fly by the seat of my pants. I think this guy is going to do a great deal for guys like Nora, guys like VJ King, who I think Nora is well on his way to being a star in this conference. Um, he just made my top 25 returning players in the ACC list the other day. He came in at number 18, 19. I'm not sure what he came in at, but it's on ACCBR. Go check it out. VJ King has kind of underwhelmed. Uh, solid freshman year last year. People expected him to blow up. He didn't really do that. And I think uh, Peaks is going to be is going to be good for him. Okay. The number two reason why I have Louisville at number twelve. This backcourt scares the shit out of me, and I'm not talking in a good way. Okay, Quan Four. I know I've talked him up a little bit. He's still a mid major guy coming into the ACC. Okay, and he wasn't a dominant mid major guy. Okay, Darius Perry has looked. Completely lost at times for Louisville. Good defensive player. I think he gets players sometimes in the right position um, to, to succeed. Right now, he's not a guy that I want as my lead guard in the ACC. Ryan McMahon, Dwayne Sutton. You know, that those are your top four guys in the backcourt. I'm not sure there's anything scary in a good way about that backcourt for Louisville. You know, again, Perry's an excellent defender. Force, you know, transferring. That can always be unpredictable. And McMahon and Sutton are, are just spot-up guys. You know, Sutton's a former walk-on, which is nothing wrong with that. But they're, they're corner three guys. They're not guys that are going to create. And Darius Perry hasn't shown me that he can get in there and create and be... I mean, Quinn Snyder wasn't really a creator, but he could knock down triples. He could score the ball. He shot at a high clip. And he still averaged, what, four assists a game? Something like that, three assists a game. So, yeah, you know, Perry, I think he's going to get the assists maybe, but I don't know if he's going to score the points. And right now, Louisville needs guys that can score the points. So maybe maybe you have an instance where you can get uh, McMahon a bunch of looks. Maybe you can get four a bunch of looks. And, and Perry just racks up the assists, and that's how they go. You know, kind of the Markel Johnson type 
mold. But Darius Perry is not Markel Johnson. Not yet. Not by a long, long, wide margin. Okay? Okay. One of the reasons that I like Louisville at number 12, ahead of the bottom three, is I think this front court is something that can be pretty solid for this. Okay? They have former five-star big man Malik Williams, who can step out a little bit. Eh. A little bit. You know, his, his, his strength is in rim protection, which is great because they have a lot of rim protection, you know, production that they need to replace. I think Malik Williams showed hot spots last year. I think he showed some some promise in, in certain spots, especially towards the end of the year. And I think that he can be very good for this team. I think he's going to be their number one big guy this year. He's certainly going to get his opportunity early. And hopefully he can flourish in the non-conference, you know, build up that confidence. I think with Agayu backing him up, or possibly playing alongside of him, you know they did play, they did play uh, Spalding and Mahmoud together at times last year, but again that wasn't Chris Mack. Chris Mack typically likes to go for round one, and he likes to bring his 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 four guy out to the perimeter sometimes. You know the Trayvon Blewitts of the world, but in years past he had played with two two big men on the double post. You don't see it a whole lot anymore. A lot of teams are kind of getting away from that. We'll see what Mac tends to do. And then you got Steven Enoch coming in as the third big man, which he's big body. He's played big time conference basketball. Okay. UConn. We all know what UConn is. He played at UConn. He didn't put up huge numbers, but he also didn't ride the bench. So as a third big man, I think he can be effective. Um, certainly the depth of this front court, I think is, is, Certainly better than the three teams below it, Georgia Tech, Wake Forest, and Pittsburgh. So I do think that the front court uh, for, for Louisville is going to be one of the more solid points for them this year. So I'm talking strictly the center position, okay, and and big fours. I'm not talking stretch fours if you're wondering why I didn't include Nora. Okay, fourth reason why I have Louisville at number five. At, I'm sorry, why, fourth reason out of five that I have Louisville at number 12. I apologize. I've been on the road. I've been a little bit sick and a little bit drunk, but I'm getting over it. It's fine. Fourth reason, a concern for me. The last two are concerns. Okay. The fourth reason is consistency. VJ King, Jordan, or are going to be the players that are leaned on for offense this year. I don't think there are any if, ands, or buts about that. I don't think you can contest that and give me a good reason as to why those two guys are not going to be the two primary options for the Cardinals this year. Thus far, Neither has exactly showed me, they haven't exactly lit it up, okay, as far as consistency goes. You know, Noir is going to come in, he's going to hit four threes the next game, he plays eight minutes, goes 0 for 1, and has four fouls, okay? VJ King has yet to show me really much of anything. You know, I'm not from Missouri, but you're going to have to show me something, okay? I believe what my eyes tell me, and right now my eyes tell me that VJ King's not a guy that's going to lead an ACC team in scoring if we expect that ACC team to be successful in the standings. Um, both possess the talent, in my opinion. Uh, talking Nora and King still, you know, Nora is certainly a big four that can shoot. I'd like to see him post up a little bit more. Um, that way, you know, just just a little bit of of diversity in his game. I think he has that ability, but I think he kind of he's Antoine Walker in it right now. He's he's liking to sit outside and shoot triples. King, I think, can flourish in the mid range game. I'm not sure he's going to be a great three point shooter. You know, I think 34 percent is probably going to be his ceiling at at the end of his career. But I think mid-range, he's money. I saw some games last year where you get the kid around the foul line, around the elbow, and he, he can hit that shot. But I think you're also his, – his best path to success 
is going to be a path to the hoop where he can finish with authority and maybe get to the line. Uh, you know, I worry about consistency when you're leaning on those two guys, basically because up to this point, they haven't had to be the guy. They've been in supporting roles, but now you have Snyder's gone. Um, Dengadell is gone. Okay, Ray Spaulding is gone. Those are the guys that provided most of the scoring punch in the last couple of years, and both those guys are gone now. Or all three of those guys are gone now. So it's going to be difficult. It's going to be a transition period for these guys. And moving into the number five reason why I have Louisville at number 12 is chemistry. Okay, <clears throat> This team has five transfers coming in that will presumably all have spots in the rotation. Okay, Cunningham, four. Uh, who's the Juco kid? Thomas, uh, Agayu, and Enoch are, are all going to play at least a little bit, at least a little bit early, I think. You know, we're going to have to feel them out to see who's deserving and who's not. But I think what the funniest part is where these guys all came from. Okay? UConn, Jacksonville State, SMU, Richmond. Those teams, those programs, all rank like 200 and below, maybe even 230 and below in points scored per game in their final seasons with that program. During Mac's tenure at Xavier, Xavier was often one of the highest scoring teams in the country, top you know, top 40, top 50. I think uh, 2016-17 was kind of an outlier. They were like 149. But 17-18, they were 29th, I think. And then 15-16, they were 8th, something like that. So these guys are, are kind of used to playing a little slowdown, methodical half-court game. I think Chris Mack wants to get out and and shoot it. He wants to get out and run, take, take advantage of some of these athletes. Stylistically, I'm wondering how these guys fit with the Louisville program that Chris Mack is trying to trying to you know build, and this may just be you know a period where you're going to have to be patient with Louisville to see how all these pieces fit together because I think at least four of these guys are going to see heavy rotation minutes. You know I think Thomas may be the exception. I maybe I may have overhyped him a little bit. You know he's a JUCO kid. He scored twenty and eleven at JUCO. That's impressive. And this is the ACC. Okay, you know, Southern Idaho is not the ACC. All right, so I think four of these guys are going to play some pretty good minutes. You know, Cunningham, it eh, depends on, you know, Cunningham's playing time is going to defend, de- depend heavily on how Darius Perry plays this year, how Kwan Four plays this year, Ryan, uh, Ryan McMahon, and, and who am I? Oh, Dwayne Sutton. Okay, so Cunningham, yeah, you know, we'll see how those guys play. Injury strikes, Cunningham may see the court more, obviously, in that backcourt. Okay. So five reasons, those are the five reasons why I have Louisville in the number 12 slot real quick again. Um, you know, I have them ahead of the bottom three because of coaching. I think Chris Matt, Dino Gaudio, and Mike Pegius is, is, is really a, a good staff for this program. The backcourt scares me. I don't think it's going to be an effective backcourt. I think they're going to shoot the ball well, but I don't think they have enough creators there to, to get any movement. There's no dribble drive here. It's just, it's, I think it's going to be kind of stagnant. I think the front court can be solid. I think that's a, a point of strength for this program right now. I worry about their consistency and I worry about their chemistry with these five new guys coming in. Um, and, and I think those are, I, I think those are legitimate concerns. That's why I have Louisville maybe a little bit further down the line than, than some other, some other, uh, some other, let's see, what am I trying to think of? Documentations, other sites, other podcasts, other magazines. Okay, I'm not sure what Athlon has, but I'm going to run out and check real quick. I think I've got that in the truck. Okay, the upside, the upside for Louisville. This is the easiest part of the entire write up for me. The upside's easy. 
Louisville made the best coaching hire in the 2018 offseason. Chris Max, a future Hall of Famer, holds every record in the Xavier record book as far as coaching goes. He's been a number one seed in the tournament. He's already ha- he already has backup on the way. Okay, Josh Nickelberry, Jalen Withers, Samuel Williamson are all guys who are going to step in during their freshman campaigns and contribute at a high level. Okay, Nickelberry is one of my favorite guys in the 2019 class that nobody seems to really talk about, but he's going to be those. He's going to be one of those guys. You know, what I mean Donovan Mitchell. Okay, he's going to be. Uh, let's say Quentin Snyder. I think that's a little bit of a step down. Luol Deng. Uh, I always call Luol Deng. Deng Adele. Jesus Christ. Um, you know, Jalen Withers is a really nice player. He's kind of a hybrid forward, six seven. They list him as a power forward. He's kind of a he's kind of a small forward. Samuel Williamson. I mean, he's a top forty kid. This kid is going to step in and give you 10, 12, 14 points a game. You know, big wing, six six, built like a brick shit house. Good player. Okay. By then, okay, by the time these guys arrive, Darius Perry is going to have this season under his belt. Probably going to be some growing pains this upcoming season. Hopefully he gets the experience, the playing time to to bring his game where it needs to be. And he should be a solid point guard by the time these guys, these scorers on the wing, arrive in Louisville. He should be there. By then, Jordan Nora, VJ King, okay, if they're still around... I mean, look at look at these scores that you, Josh Nickelberry, Jalen Withers, Samuel Williamson, Jordan Awar, VJ King. Okay, that's the 2019-2020 season. That's those are the wing scores at Louisville with Darius Perry just itching to get on the ball. And who knows who Chris Mack's gonna bring in um, in the 2019 class. They still have a ton of scholarships to hand out. He might bring in a five-star point guard to get all these guys the ball. And all those guys can score. All those guys can shoot it. it you know, it's fantastic. And then Okay, you still got a five-star guy, a former five-star blue-chip guy in Malik Williams in there to protect the rim. He doesn't even have to worry about scoring anymore. You don't have to score. Hey, Malik, go out there, rotate help side, get some help side blocks, defend your man on the block, you know, grab 10 rebounds, get four blocks, and we're going to win every game by 30 because these guys can shoot the shit out of the ball. Um, it, it's coming back, guys. You know, the Patino era, which, by the way, I read the Patino or some of the Patino book. I just stopped reading it. It just wasn't the book that I wanted to read, okay? Um, it wasn't the Tarkanian book, okay? It, it, it wasn't Fab Five. It wasn't the Booster. It was it was nonsense, basically. If you haven't bought it, don't buy it. He got me for 25 bucks. He can have it. He's bored, whatever. It's most ridiculous. It's one of the more ridiculous things I ever read, and I'm, I'm I, I probably won't finish it to be honest with you. But you know, in a lot of shit about, I, I don't know, I don't. It just doesn't matter. But anyway. Louisville's coming back. You guys made a fantastic hire. I uh, I think this year could be a bit of a struggle, unfortunately. And, I, you know, I just hope that, uh, you know, you guys are patient. Don't, uh, obviously, why would you jump ship on, on Chris Mack? But, you know, you guys made a home run hire. Louisville's coming back. I thank you for joining me. Um, don't forget to like, rate, review, share. Tell everybody about this podcast. The numbers are starting to creep up a little bit. I'm lacking on the ratings. When I hit a certain amount of subscribers, guys, I can start throwing some ads in here and really start pumping this thing up and making it what I want to be. So tell your friends, tell all ACC fans, this is the place to go for the best news, the best opinions when it comes to ACC basketball. I appreciate y'all. I'll see you again next week. This is Michael Hunter. This is ACC Basketball Report.